Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. If a person has spiritual gifts but they don't have love, they're just making noise. Then in verse 2 he said, And though I have the gift of prophecy, so I can speak forth the word of God, I can, I can speak forth the oracles of God, and I understand all mysteries and all knowledge. I get words of knowledge and spiritual insights, and I can see things that other people don't see in the natural. And though I have faith so that I could move mountains, I mean, I got mountain-moving, supernatural God type of faith. If you have all that and you don't have love, he says, I have, I am nothing. In today's message, Pastor Bill will remind you that love is one of the most important spiritual gifts and disciplines. Now, love isn't the only spiritual discipline. There are many. Such spiritual disciplines include prophecy, patience, kindness, and many others. But even if you've been greatly gifted in one of these spiritual disciplines, none of them are very important if love is not included in their use. When love is used to tandem with other spiritual gifts, the effectiveness of the gift is amplified. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. For you guys that have been following along with this, you know that uh, we, we last covered 1 Corinthians 12, which deals with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And then in chapter 14, we're going to come back to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, in particular tongues and prophecy and the proper use of those gifts within the church. But sandwiched in between two chapters that deal with all the gifts, Paul said, I need to just stop. He was really addressing an issue in the Corinthian church is that they were into the gifts, but they were lacking the fruit of love. And Paul said, man, if, if and he's going to make it very explicit here, you can have all the gifts you want to have. You can do all the prophesying and speaking in tongues and miraculous work. You have all that without love. You have missed the point. And so we're going to learn about the importance of love, but it's a specific type of love. Um, in the Bible, there are several different words or several different Greek words that uh, that speak about love. There's uh, brotherly love, phileo. There's erotic love, eros. There's uh, there's agape love, which is the kind of love that God loves us with. That's the kind of love we're going to be learning about today. And as believers, we're supposed to be those that are walking in, uh, living out, showing others that sort of love. And so I would just ask you right up front. Everybody here can judge for yourself. Um, I want you to judge for yourself whether or not you think you're a, a loving person. If I asked you and I won't ask you to raise your hand and say, you know, all the loving people raise your hands, you know. But I want you to think for yourself. If, if I just ask you, hey, what do you, you know, as you judge yourself, you feel like you're a loving person. Most people. Even mean people be like, I'm a pretty loving person till you get on my bad side. You know what I'm saying? Most, most people feel like, you know what? According to my standard, I'm a pretty loving fella, you know, but we're going to get God's um, his definition of it. That'll really help us out so that uh, we can judge ourselves according to the word. Um, and so look at chapter 13, verse one. It says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. But have not love, I have become sounding brass or clanging cymbals. And I'm going to go ahead and read through verse 3 and come back. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. 
And then he's going to go on into a definition of what love is. And so back up with me real quick. What Paul is doing is saying, hey, Corinthians, and, and he would say, hey, Calvary Chapel Inglewoodians and whoever else is reading this, believers in times to come, let's say you have all the gifts we talked about in the previous chapter. Let's say you speak with other tongues and let's say you prophesy and you got I me, mean, you just, you just, you just, you just full of the gifts. He says, if you speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, he says, if I have not love, I have become as a sounding brass or a clanging symbol. Paul is saying, if, if you have all the verbal spiritual gifts, but you don't have love, you are just making noise. He's saying your gifts are invalid at that point. It's irrelevant. Doesn't really matter. Doesn't matter how gifted you are if you don't have love. Um, love, and that, that, that's putting love, and we'll see as we come to the very end, he said, love is going to be put above everything else. This is more important than your gifts. Love. And, and he's going to describe what it is. And so if a person has spiritual gifts, but they don't have love, they're just making noise. Then in verse two, he said, and though I have the gift of prophecy, so I can speak forth the word of God, I can I can speak forth the oracles of God and I understand all mysteries and all knowledge. I get words of knowledge and spiritual insights and I can see things that other people don't see in the natural. And though I have faith so that I could move mountains. I mean, I got mountain moving, supernatural God type of faith. If you have all that and you don't have love, he says, I have, I am nothing. And so I want you to think about this. Imagine a person that had faith that they could just speak and move mountains and just they would feel like there's something and they could they had spiritual insight and they could see things that people don't see in the natural. They feel like there's something. But he said, you can have all that. You take away love and you are nothing. He said, if I have all that and I don't have love, I am nothing. And I want us to get this because. I think it's possible that there are people that are very gifted and talented and even in spiritual things, there's awareness and insight and stuff like that. You take those gifts and remove love, you're going to do damage. Um, take a word of knowledge. Take take insight where maybe you can see beneath the surface, maybe discernment. You can see things that are happening, but you don't have love. You'll do the wrong thing with that information. There are people that I believe they see things. They, they have insight. And then they'd be like, they, they'll gossip. They won't pray. They won't edify. They won't speak to someone. You'll do the wrong thing with that information if you don't have love. Um, it, you just it won't it won't it won't have its perfect work. But let's say you you let's say you see someone and you're looking at them and God is just saying this is what's going on in their life, and, and maybe it's a sin issue, right? But you have love. What's love going to compel you to do? First, I'm gonna pray for them. I'm gonna pray, God. Do you want me to say something to them, or am I just you made me? Why did you make me aware of their issue? Is it that I might pray for them? Is there some way I could be of assistance? I know your God, your goal is to help get them out of it. You know, Lord, what can I do to help this brother, help this sister? That's what love is going to motivate you to be of assistance. But if you don't have love, you might look at that and be like, I knew it. See, that's why I always could tell was something wrong. And you call Sister Sally Sue and, you know, tell her, you know, I was just praying, girl. And the Lord, I could tell, I know she, you know, whatever. And and it'd be true. It'd be true. But look at what you're doing with it. Right. Um, And so God says, man, if you have not love, you are nothing. And and if God says I am nothing, that's kind of heavy. You could be all kind of gifted. And God says, man, you are in, in, in relationship to helping out my body. You are nothing. Take this, though. You could be in relative in comparison. You could be ungifted, but have love. You are something you are so valuable, so valuable to the body. How, how many times do people come into this place and what they need more than anything else? Just need somebody to love on them. Been beat up out there. Enemies, 
own flesh, challenges, the world, the flesh, the devil. Come up in here and they need, they need more than anything else. They need somebody just to love on. Maybe some people even come in here just saying, I just want to go and kick my tail at work all week. I'm going to church, you know, and, and they just come in to be loved on. Um, and God says, man, it, it's, it's, it's important. It's valuable. It's significant and it's necessary. Um, and so once again, I, I was noticing these, the, the, the way he wrote it in verse one, your verbal gifts are just making noise without love. And in, in verse two, um, all your supernatural gifts um, and you were with all the supernatural gifts without love. It says you are nothing. And then look at verse three. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor. So now I'm doing stuff. I'm serving. And though I give my body to be burned, but I have not love. It profits me nothing. It's of no value to me either. And so here he speaks of those that are in active service without love. And some would say, well, what would motivate someone to do all these things without love? A lot of things motivate people to serve. Some people serve because it makes them look good. Some people serve because I serve and you don't serve. Now I feel better than you because you don't serve, but I do. <laughs> you know, that's 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 how that's how petty some folks are. I'm telling you, when you look at, you know, some of these organizations, uh, non-believing organizations where they're feeding the homeless and they're out in the wilderness. I mean, they're suffering. They're, they're giving a whole lot for what? Make sure that video camera's running. Did you, did you get this on video? You see me? Do you see me digging the ditch? Make sure I'm on the website when you put the video up. Thank you very much. I did it for the Lord. You know, um, it's a lot of things that can motivate someone to do these things. God said, you can do all that. I mean, give your body to be burned. I mean, I'm sacrificial. I'm, I'm beating myself. I'm going through it. All that without love, he says, and it profits me nothing. There's a, no benefit. And that's the sad thing about a lot of religions. Uh, there are a lot of religions where people suffer in order to try. They're trying to gain a, a right standing with God. There are groups that beat themselves. I watched a, a group. Um, I forget exactly what it's called. There's a but they, they actually when I mean, they climb up steps on their fists and knees and all these different things. They, they brutalize themselves um, to, to appease their their so-called God. Um, there are groups that starve themselves. I'm, I mean, the Bible tells us about fasting, but. You know, y'all know fasting don't gain you special favor, right? Fasting is, you know, I'm setting aside the plate, disciplining myself for the purpose of seeking the Lord, that I might hear him more clearly. Uh, it, you know, you, you, you won't get any closer to heaven without eating. You, you know, you, you might fly up a little faster in the rapture, but, uh, you know, it, it's not a, there are groups that feel like, man, this is, you know, at these appointed times that this is what makes us different, you know, that makes us, we're closer to God because we don't do this thing or we do that other thing. Um, when you understand grace, you understand that we all getting in on Jesus. Amen? Amen. That everything I needed to get to heaven was accomplished in Christ. And I'm just thankful for that. I didn't earn a thing. But now any service that I do is always in response to the cross. I'm responding to the love of God by loving him back in service. That's a proper way to do it. And so here he says, well, you do all those things, but you don't have love. It profits you nothing. You, you, I mean, you suffering for nothing. You might as well eat a steak. Um, you know, you might as well, whatever you are suffering to do this, you might as well not do it. Now, after saying these three things, uh, it would be kind of defeating. You know, it's like, man, if I, my oracle, my, my audible gifts just making noise if I don't have love, my, my spiritual gifts are, you know, they, they amount to nothing without love. And now my, my gift, my serving, it profits me nothing without love. And so I, I, that brings me and leaves us at a point where it's like, well, God, what does love look like? So I make sure I'm not wasting my life. How do I make sure I need to make sure that that since this is the supreme thing, this is a big deal to God. 
I want to make sure I'm walking in love. And so God gives us a definition. In 1 Corinthians 13, most people think, if you think about the love chapter in the Bible, verses 4 through 8, we get a Bible, biblical definition of what love is. I want you to pay close attention. Uh, we're going to read through it. I want you to weigh out how you love compared to these things. I want you to weigh somebody else telling you they love you in comparison to these things. I'm going to bring up some stuff as we go. Um, and I want I had someone do this years ago when they took this section of scripture and it says love is and love is and it does this and it does that. And they said you can put Jesus there and everything would be true. Jesus suffers long. Jesus is kind. Jesus is patient. Jesus doesn't, you know, puff himself up. You know, you can put him right there. And then they said, now see if you can put your name there. Bill is patient. Bill is kind. See where it goes and see where it doesn't go. You, you won't be able to put your name in every spot. Uh, unless you put Bill is also a liar, you know, so you won't be you won't fit in every spot. But this is to show us it'll 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 help identify to you the areas of love that you're weak in that you might seek the Lord to help you. And so now let's look starting in verse four. It says love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself is not puffed up. Now I need, I need to break down each thing. First, it says love suffers long. And it's a twofold word. It means to suffer and be willing to suffer for a long time. Uh, I can look at the Lord and say that God suffers long with us. Anybody here aware that God has, has suffered long with you, been patient with you while you've been messing up, while you do the wrong thing? We can all put our hands up, put them up high, put them both up, put your feet up. Don't do that. <laughs> but we we can agree, right, that God, God is very patient with us. And um, even we mess up and we fall short and we do what we're not supposed to do and, and we turn back to him and he just takes you again. He's very long suffering. And then God says, so that's part of what love is. And so when I think I'm a loving person, are you? Do you suffer long with people that need you to be long suffering toward them? Are you short? A lot of people think they love, but you short. Now, you're not going to do me like that one time. You got one time to do that to me. Woo! that's not that's not love. That's not, not Jesus. That's not how it works. You know, love suffers long. It means that I'm a put up. And, and, and most of us, you know, there's some people that we love with that kind of love. Mothers and their kids, you know, you just because they're your kids. So you're going you to suffer long and, you know, put up with them. And there are people that we can choose not to love like that. You know, um, now I'm not putting up with that. I'm, I'm etching you out, you know. And um, so love suffers long. It's one of the characteristics, characteristics of love. One of my favorite, uh, I like, you know, there's some things you, you kind of have a Bible picture of. And um, uh, there's there's a story in the Bible um, where uh, was it Jacob and Rachel and Jacob wanted to marry Rachel. She was beautiful. He saw her. He was like, that's my that's my wife. And he went to his he went to her dad and said, I want to marry your daughter. What, what do I need to do? He said, work for me for seven years. Woo-wee. How many guys want to do that? Work with me. you're going to work on my farm for seven years and I'll let you marry her. But you know what it said? It said that he loved her so much. That it was the seven days were as seven years were just as days just flow by. It was like nothing. And he worked seven. I mean, working seven years. I mean, can you imagine when the seven, the 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 three hundred sixty fifth day of the seven year hit? That brother was like, give me what's coming to me, you know, and rightfully so. He had worked seven years. And then with Shady Laban, that was Rachel's dad. She had another sister named Leah. Um, Now, it says Rachel was beautiful in form and appearance. That means her face and her body was was on point. That's what that that's, that's Bible term. It's in the Bible. So it's, it, you go back in Genesis and read it for yourself. But then it said, Leah, um, it's, it's I'm not making fun. It just the Bible says it. Um, 
it, it basically said the term that it used meant that um, I want to say leaky. Basically, that she she was not physically beautiful or attractive. And I always felt bad for Leah. I thought, oh, that's poor Leah. Yeah, you can say, oh, you know, she to, to have a fine sister and then you not be fine, and you know, um, it, was, it was sad, you know. And the Bible said it, so it had to be true. You know, God is lying. <laughs> So after working seven years for Rachel, you know, Fox, beautiful, all that, um, on the marriage day, um, the dad pulled a trick. And the wife would be completely veiled. They had a ceremony. You go to the room. It's dark. You consummate the marriage. And he woke up in the morning and he looked over. And he said, oh, it was, it was Leah. It was Leah. And, um, and you know, Obviously, he was upset, and uh, the dad said, "I'm sorry, I, I couldn't give the, the the older before the young, you know, the younger before the older." And so, work for me seven more years, and then you can have Rachel. And do you know he did it? Seven more years, and got got Rachel. And so, I look at that, and I'm like, "That is suffering long." I mean, when it said he, it said he loved her, and then I look at what he went through. He was like, "I'm going to marry her." That that was he suffered long. Now, we read that, and that's extreme to me. Some, now, some of us, what God is asking you to do with your wife or husband, what you suffering through, you know, we be very impatient and, and very unwilling to suffer. And, no, you're not going to do that to me. That's wrong. Guys, men and women, same thing. I just want you to understand that love suffers long. It's willing to wait. Um, I tell this to you young ladies, all, young, all, the, all, the, all the young single ladies or even the older single ladies. I want you all to hear from me from right I'm drinking some water before I say this because it's going to be fire, okay? Y'all need to be very weary and careful and cautious of a man telling you how much he loves you, but he can't wait. Can't wait. He ain't got no ring on you. You ain't married yet. Um, but he's, I love, oh, I love you so much. Oh, I love you so much. But, I, you know, I, I can't wait for, for the intimacy. I got to have some of that now. And if you don't give it to me, I mess around and be cheat on you. So, I'm not gonna marry you yet. We're not ready for that. That's that's, woo, that's that's heavy commitment there. But I love you. But I love you. I'm, can I break it down for you guys? Can I tell you what he really loves? He loves himself. He loves you as much as you can please him. That's it. That's the, your, you. You become devalued in those relationships where you give yourself away to a man because he's saying he loves you. He loves himself. He loves the pleasure you bring him, and he'll love the pleasure that ten other people will bring him just the same. He doesn't love you. He loves him. So. The Bible's helping us out, right? Someone say they love you, they'll wait. Let that be the test. Oh, you love me? Okay. I don't get down like that. If you, if you, by the way, y'all should only be considering Christian men anyway. Um, you're a Christian woman, so he should be on the same team. He should be on team, let's wait and get married. And I'll, I'll just say this too. When you do wait, marriage happens a lot faster. Yeah, I mean, I, it does. I met my well, I was I was saved and committed when I met my wife. You know, we were committed to do it God's way, and no 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 sex was happening. And she was talking about finishing school, and I said, <laughs> "That'll never work, ma'am. <laughs> I need a date on the calendar like now. Um, we gonna make it, and we gonna do it Jesus' way, but it's not gonna be in five years. You got some you got some months on that, and uh, and I'm not lying. That's exactly what we did. We set a date. We sat down with the pastor. We set a date." She set a date, I set a date, she set a date. It was, it was like selling a car. You know, I got 35, no, I got 25. No, we, we, we brought that date way down. I got it inside a year. You got 10 months. Get your girl together, plan your wedding. 
And we made it though. We made it though. Praise the Lord. So um, I was willing to wait, but I mean, she had to be reasonable too, you know? So we, we worked it out. Praise the Lord. So moving on, moving on. Love suffers long. Y'all got that? Don't, don't let them fool you. Love suffers long. Real love. God kind of love. All right. We're still in verse four. Uh, it says also love is kind. One of the characteristics of love is, 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 is love is kind. If you're an unkind person, um, mean, spirited, um, short tempered, love is kind. That's just the, the way love will behave toward other people is kind. It's very simple. Um, I can't be telling you I love you and I'm unkind to you. Um, that's love is kind. Somebody, un, somebody unkind to you, they're not loving you. Um, you're unkind to someone, you're not loving them. And we need to check that. Because what I find is that people get comfortable with the people closest to them. So you might show up here and be so kind. God bless you. How you doing? Let me help you with that. I'll grab your stuff. And you get home with your kids, parents, and you ain't kind no more. They're looking at you like, what happened to that person at church? Was all kind and everything. Where did he go? Where did she go once we got back home? You know, love is kind. And we need to remember that 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 goes across the board. Maybe you're a boss. You got people under your authority. Love is kind. You could be a kind boss. No, if I'm your, they'll walk all over me. No, they won't. I could be kind with all my authority intact. I'm kind to my kids, but they understand that, you know, if I'm, I'm and they understand that, you know, cross, I speak politely. I ask them to do things. I'll say, hey, man, will you take care of that, please? I say, please, my own kids. You know, kind. If you defy, you getting a whooping. I'll be kind about that too, you know. So if my authority is not in jeopardy while I'm being kind. Um, you know, it, it doesn't mean, well, I say that nicely, they're going to walk. No, they won't. They're not over there. They'll understand when they're in authority how to be kind to somebody under them too. And um, I, I get Jesus as a, the ultimate example. Who had more authority than him? And he was kind. He was so kind to everybody. So love is kind. Moving on now. Uh, next part of verse four. Love is, so suffers long. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Right. Love is not envious of, of other people, other, you know, hating on somebody because they got something. I don't know how come they got the promotion that I want. Love doesn't do that. Love's not envious. Love will rejoice with those that are rejoicing. Love will weep with those that are weeping. Love will somebody around you get something. Maybe you wanted it, but they got it. Love won't envy. You'll be happy for them. Um, genuinely. Not that fake Christian. Oh, I so, I'm so happy for you. Ugh, you know, but in, in a legitimate, sincere way. Love, love just doesn't envy. So if you find that in your heart, there's a, mm, that, that's not love. You need to take that to the altar. Say, Lord, take that away from me. I don't know how come she found a husband. I look better than her, you know, and, and that kind of stuff people do. And we be envious. That's not, that's not love. That's a, that's a, the heart issues. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Um, that's a prideful you know, love is not vaunted. The old team game said vaunted not. It's not parading itself around. Look at what I did. You know, look at, look at what I took care of. Look at what I did. Love, love doesn't do that. Um, some, some of you husbands, you know, loving, loving your wife and maybe you do some extra chores, you know, and um, you want your reward. Well, I took care of them dishes and the trash and, the, you know, yeah. So, so we should be a great night, shouldn't it be? You know, like, that's love. is just parading itself around. Like, I did this, I did that, I went right to know it. That's not love. Love just, love is humble. Love not parading itself around. It's not, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't just show off like that. It's not, that's not love. It, it could also be in this way. Maybe you've been blessed in some area. Um, and you realize, sometimes God has blessed you and you realize there are people that are, 
They're, they're desiring what you have. They're struggling to have what you, but you got it. Love wouldn't pridefully just, just, just air that around. Yes, I'm so glad I got that man. Well, you, it's gonna make such a difference when you finally get there. But woo, you know, love is not parade itself. It's not prideful. It's not. It's not. It doesn't do that. It wouldn't do that to somebody else and stumble people. You know. That's all we have time for today on A Transforming Word. Pastor Bill has been teaching through the book of 1 Corinthians. This book addresses the idea of confronting sin. Paul knew it was more important to hit the issue head on rather than skirt around it for the sake of being approved of by the majority. This is a hard thing to do when you know that tough issues will cause disruption in a church or even a breach in relationship. But what matters most, pleasing God or pleasing man? It's something to keep in mind as you continue to study this New Testament book. Can we encourage you as you strive to walk out a life of faith, even when it's unpopular? Call or send a text to 310-245-4811. That's 310-245-4811. We'd love to meet you. Do you live in the Inglewood area? Then come join us for worship this weekend. You can get service times and location information at calvaryinglewood.org. You can even find links to stream our services if you're not able to be with us in person. And you can catch up on previous messages online. That website again is calvaryinglewood.org. As we come to the end of our time with you today, we want you to know that we're grateful to have you as part of our listening audience. Would you join us in praying for others who are tuning in and may be hearing about Jesus for the first time? Pray that their hearts will be open to truth and change. Thanks for praying and thanks for joining us on A Transforming Word.